Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Beat and as ever, never a dull moment at the Emirates Stadium. My name is Mark Manbrides of PA Media and I'm joined today by ESPN senior football writer James Olley and Simon Collings of the Evening Standard. We're going to take a quick look back over what's actually been quite a good week for Arsenal on the pitch, but follow that up with conversations about the captaincy issue and the future of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Guys, you were both there last night. Simon, I'll come to you first. That's a win that, at the moment, takes Arsenal into the top four. Were they impressive against a side that have actually been better than them, arguably, for most of the season? Yeah, I, th- I think they were. And in this run of games that Arsenal have had under Arteta since the end of the, the, end of the transfer window, we've been sort of looking for a, a statement win. Um against a big team and I think West Ham you can classify as, as a big team this season given their form and, and the sides they've beaten we thought we were going to get it at Old Trafford you can argue they had it at Spurs but this felt like the first time this young group of players have played a big side an informed side and dominated them for near enough 80 minutes out of the 90 um, I thought they were they were really really impressive in the intensity the way they pressed and the fact that when they got that first goal in the past, we've seen them drop off and be wary about you know leaving themselves open. But they went and pushed for that second goal and got it very late on. So for Arteta, I think it, it was a huge win. I think it's probably one of the best performances he's had. And when we remember, even on this podcast, when we were talking at the end of August, they were bottom of the league with no points to be in mid-December now. I know their team's behind them with games in hand, but for them to be fourth, I think is really impressive. James, obviously earlier in the week they beat Southampton, but everybody beat Southampton unless you pick their opposition in last man standing. Um, did that win really set up yesterday? And are Arsenal now genuine top four contenders this season, do you think? It's a niche insult, that is. <laughs> um, I, I um, Yeah, I, I, it was impressive last night. And... There is a sense of momentum about them at the moment. Are, are they genuine top four contenders? Probably by default in that you, you can't really see... I mean, if Manchester United get their act together, then they've obviously got the players to, to you know, to to, uh, to to challenge seriously for that fourth spot. And, and you'd still say, looking at the two squads, that they, particularly if they go in to do some business with Ralph Ragnick now in there in January, that, that, that they... I don't want to say they're favourites, but they, you just feel like they've got a stronger case anyway. Um, I thought I, I just don't think you can look at the at last night's game in any other context than than the Abamyang situation. And I know I'm jumping ahead to the to that topic, but I just think that that was as a performance that was such a complete sort of rejection of the idea that there's a there's you know a problem with commitment and passion to essentially say, look, nobody is beyond reproach here. This is the guy we've given our, you know, the biggest, one of the biggest contracts we've ever handed out to less than, a, you know, just over a year ago. Um, he's the captain. He's, he has for a long time been the talisman of the team. And yet, you know, he not only are we stripping him of the captaincy, but he's not being considered for selection at the moment. Um you know, get on the train, basically. And 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 they all did. And I, I you know, and I thought that was the most impressive aspect of it because it 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 was it was relentless, really. They were, you know, it's not often you see David Moyes or, or really an opposition manager in a game of that magnitude essentially just come out and say, look, we were we were second best 
worked all night and you know and he he had no complaints really um because of just how good Arsenal were and uh, and I think that's really an emphatic endorsement of of, of Arteta what he's trying to instill there and the, the big decision that overshadowed the whole of the build up to the game and if, if we go back quickly to the game we saw Lacazette again become the man if you like to the de facto replacement for Aubameyang bit of a mixed bag for him with an assist and a missed penalty obviously his contract situation is still something that's up in the air is is he the man at the moment do you think that can that can fill that void in terms of on the pitch at least from Aubameyang I think certainly he's the um, he's the right person to have have the armband and I know there were some supporters who were a bit disappointed there wasn't a successor named when Arteta spoke to the media this week and there wasn't something done quickly but I actually think in the interim, just having this sort of leadership group who are seemingly going to share the armband is, is quite a good idea, given all the trauma Arsenal have had with captains in the past. Obviously, Aubameyang, but you can look at Xhaka, you know, Koscielny, go back further, Van Persie, Gallas. I think just having, even if it's for, you know, six, seven, eight weeks, where it's just sort of taken out of the firing line of anyone having to worry about, you know, permanently being the captain. I think it's quite a good idea. Um, I think Lacazette is clearly the leader of that leadership group and he seems to revel in it. I, and I ended up doing my, my piece for today's paper around it. Of, there's people who benefited, obviously, from this Aubameyang situation. Martinelli is one of them, I think, getting more minutes. But Lacazette, more than anyone else, is the biggest beneficiary and it must be quite strange to him given how close he is with Aubameyang. But he's now become the starting number nine and the captain. And we saw it in bits last season. I remember that game in Prague. Obviously, he made the gesture pre-match, but also in that performance, he really stood up. And he's more than any other of those senior players seems to really love playing with these young players and bringing them into the game. And, and I just think it's a role that fits really well. And, and in a strange way, it'd probably be better for Arsenal if him and Aubameyang's contract situations were reversed. And, you know, Lacazette had 18 months and Aubameyang had six months, but they're in the other way around and it's going to be interesting to see what they what they do there. Uh, I mean, uh, the only thing I would counter to that is that this is the same player who did essentially openly admit that he's going to start talking to other clubs from January about three weeks ago. So uh, the, the sort of long-term commitment, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned that this might be a situation where, you know, you can t- sort of trace the the denigration of the Arsenal captaincy back to back to the Arsene Wenger days, really, which is, you know, when, when it used to get tossed around a little bit and he really used to just give it to players to try and use it as some sort of carrot to keep them at the club. And, and, I, and I wonder whether part of that is is, is going on here. I, I'm, you know, the, I mean, I don't know. They haven't made a contract offer as far as I'm aware to Lacazette, so I suppose that doesn't stand up. But I think the one thing about the, the leadership group that's quite clever is it does allow him to 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 give Granite Jacket a captaincy at times. Because uh, that, you know, if he'd just gone, right, I'm giving it to Granite, I mean, all hell would have broken loose. But But in this sort of, you know, um, democracy of let's share it around among three or four people. It just enables him. Lacazette's. I, I take Simon's point. He's right. You know, obviously at the moment he's sort of the 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 man with the armband and, and is and is the number nine. But he's not a sort of guaranteed 
he's not you don't know what you're going to get from Lacazette every week still and there may well be times when he's rotated and you know who knows maybe a Bamiang will come back into the team over the Christmas period at some point there's obviously a lot of games in a very short space of time Lacazette doesn't tend to play 90 minutes at all so you're not you're not sort of thinking that he's going to he's going to be playing every single week but by but by having this leadership group, it just gives it gives Arteta an easy. Well, Jack is part of that, so yes, he can take the armband today. And there's not the same sort of um, Ferrari around it as there would have been if he just, I think, named someone permanently. You're spot on in that sense as well, aren't you? And it's, it's a very Arsenal thing to suddenly have this, as Simon said, the leader of a leadership group is a man who very much is likely to not be at that club in six, seven months' time. It just feels very Arsenal-esque, doesn't it? But It's very kind of, it just, it just, it feels quite transient. And, and I wonder whether part of it is because he sort of thinks that some of the more obvious candidates are the younger lads and maybe just thinks they're not quite ready for it yet. And if, and if, you know, if he can sort of muddle through to the end of the season with a with a Lacazette, Xhaka, Holding, whoever it is, you know, in that in that group, um, taking the armband on a on a sort of you know rotational "Have I got news for you?" style basis, then come the summer he can he can make a sort of permanent decision about whether he wants to give it to a to a Tierney or a, I know Odegaard was talked about or even Ramsdale. I know he's quite young, but you know, the sort of more obvious candidates, if age wasn't a factor that you'd think you'd want to, you'd want to really take the armband on for, for for sort of years to come, not not a case of weeks or just a few months. You mentioned niche, niche references earlier on. I, I was flying back from the Middle East the other day and I happened to, I couldn't get to sleep. So I watched The Damned United, which is a, obviously a great book and a great film. Um, and in that Derby side, they signed Dave Mackay almost purely to be a leader, to be a captain of, of this young group of players. Tom, do you think Arteta and Arsenal and Edu might be tempted to, not necessarily in January, but in the summer even, be tempted to look to sign someone purely based on, on leadership and things like that, given there is clearly a dearth of it throughout the squad? It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting thing, that, because, I mean, you look at this leadership group that they've got now, and, and obviously we talk about Lacazette and the fact his contract runs out in six months, but the other members of it, Granit Xhaka, could quite easily have left in the summer as well uh, for Roma. That was well publicised. Um, Rob Holding doesn't really play. And again, he only sort of signed a new contract last season when he had a bit of a renaissance. So the whole leadership group, again, could quite easily dramatically change um, within a few sort of, you know, six-month period. You could get to the summer and you, Lacazette could go. You could easily suddenly change your mind on Jack and decide to cash in him. So... I personally don't feel like they're going to go down that route of bringing in players for experience. Um, I think that they're they're in this sort of weird phase, Arsenal, where they have these young players and then you have these senior players who are around 30 and they're, they're sort of missing that gap in the middle of, sort of 25, 26-year-olds. But I would more think the club would continue down this path of bringing the young players and you know, taking the growing pains of letting them develop and become become sort of leaders. And I think it's partly why there is a rationale to delay picking a captain now because you could have six months of watching this new squad, see what the dynamic is. And by the summer, a leader could have emerged from them and then you know, okay, this is the guy we need to make captain. Right now, I still think it's, it's quite a new group and you have to wait and see how they're going to all gel and 
who's going to emerge as the person who should lead them. Clear, clearly and, and rightly, there's there's quite a gap between what we term sometimes Arsenal Twitter, if you like, and Arsenal, the football club, in terms of the suitability for some of the players you see that were mentioned on Twitter as who take that armband. James, if you look at people you mentioned there, and Aaron Ramsdale, for example, yes, he, he's shouting a lot and he's playing well at the moment, but he's got one England cap in a game where he touched the ball twice. He, you know, he's suffered a couple of relegations. I know that's not that's not part of the issue, but can you, can you lean on someone to be a captain who doesn't have a certain level of experience? I mean, we look back, he, Wenger gave it to Fabregas and the likes like that. Could, could that be something that works? I, I think it depends on, on the on the composition of the squad in, in many ways. I mean, I think Arteta spent, you know, the club have obviously spent a lot of money trying to get, trying to get the soldiers right. It's sort of the generals that are the problem at the moment. And, you know, and in that sort of dynamic, there's, there, there's a transition taking place where I think if we took a vote at the moment and we said, is Aubameyang going to be at, even at the club at the start of next season? You, you, I think the majority would think he's probably not going to be there. Lacazette could go as well, and as Simon says, you know, there's that's two of the you know the leadership at the start of the season gone. There could be more churn in that squad, and it could look very different. And suddenly, we're talking about, you know, in in the space of a year's time, we could be thinking about people like Kieran Tierney as being sort of long term members of the squad, you know, because of such a high turnover. I mean, if it was my choice, I'd probably give it to Kieran Tierney. I think Um, I, I just think. They've spent, you know, there's been a big problem at Arsenal for a number of years and the captaincy has been emblematic of it in that there's either been a lack of drive, a lack of desire to really want to play for the club on a long-term basis and a sort of acceptance of mediocrity. And I think that if Arteta's, you know, biggest achievement is is can be measured in those terms, it is trying to take the club into a place where it is more professional and there are players who want to do well for that club and win at that club and not see it as a stepping stone to somewhere else or a compromise or a, or a cosy comfortable living um and i think you want a captain that really exemplifies that and and at the moment the players that are exemplifying that are the young ones or the new signings they are you know you you take that you sort of look at the core the things that excite you about that arsenal squad and they are the younger players. And so it, it does sort of lend itself to thinking, well, it, if you want a, t- a sort of talisman within that group to really exemplify the, the, the sort of Arteta image of the future, then I have no real problem giving it to a younger player. It does feel a little bit early for Ramsdale to generally goalkeepers don't tend to make captains. There are obviously exceptions, but... Um, yeah, I, I, it's, Tierney, I think, would get my vote. I think you just you want someone who's got that character. I think it's also, and I know probably bias saying this as a journalist, but I think it's important to get somebody who speaks well and speaks publicly well. You know, it's pretty well known that Aubameyang only tends to, to do media as a rule when he scored, which I think is really pathetic, frankly, as, as, as a captain of a club. Um, you know, you, it is a key responsibility to support the man and the players in difficult moments. And he doesn't do that enough. I know he spoke after the Man City game um, at the start of the season, but they don't, generally he doesn't do it. And someone like Tierney, he will front up. You know, there are others in there who, who speak in difficult moments. I do think that's an important aspect of it as well. 
agree with the Tierney on completely. I think my one worry, if I was Mikel Arteta, would be those niggling injuries, which could potentially rule him out for game after game at a time when you'd then be like relying on a vice captain or the leadership group, or as you say. But it was interesting there as well. You talk on, you touched on talking to the media, and you go back. I mean, you've covered the club a lot longer than me, but I remember you and I standing in a mix zone in Munich after they'd been thumped 5-1 yet again in, by Bayern. And we tried to stop Lauren Koscielny at the time and he walked straight by. And you obviously had, and probably still do have, a bit of a, a relationship with, with Theo, Theo Walcott. And he happened to come by and you said, you know, can we get a couple of minutes? And he said, oh, it should be the captain. That sums yeah. it up really, doesn't it? I can't think of a captain since then. Xhaka was always quite good at doing media, I think, but, you know, hamstrung by the fact he told the fans to fuck off. Um, Simon, on that one, how how accepting generally do you think the Arsenal fan base would be if in a couple of weeks or a month or so, Xhaka was announced as, as the Arsenal captain yet again? Um, I, I don't think it would go down particularly well with the majority of fans, to be honest with you. And, I, and I'm not necessarily sure the reaction would be one of anger and outrage. I, I kind of feel like there would be a frustration for fans because it'd feel like a sort of step backwards and they're just going, you know, rather than looking to the future, which everything around this young squad seems to be, you know, excitement and young players coming through and looking forward, it would kind of feel like a bit of a regression and going back to, you know, where they were two years ago. And I think supporters, the thing they, the things they like about this squad and you know, what they get excited about are the young players and what they see going forward. If they saw Xhaka suddenly become captain, I just feel with everything that's gone on, um, I just don't think it would go down very well. And, and I think James was right there saying Xhaka is in a good position where he's part of this leadership group and he clearly has a massive influence in the dressing room. You can see it on the pitch when he plays and he's almost leading without having the armband. So I, I don't know if there is necessarily a need to give it to him anyway. Xhaka's going to be Xhaka, whether he's captain or not. And I think they would be more wise to have someone like a Tierney, um, even an Odegaard. I, the reason why I think it might be Odegaard is I think if Mikel's going to pick a captain, it could be someone in his image who's an excellent pro, squeaky clean, good with the media, doesn't care at all about off-field issues, isn't even on social media, which is why I think it could be Odegaard. But then if you had someone as a vice or one of his vice captains as Xhaka, I think that would be the best way to do it. I, I, I don't think there's a need to make Xhaka captain, really. We haven't even touched on the credentials of Mohamed El Nene, but um, I also think, and it's, it's almost heresy to say it, but you look back at, and this is such a young core now, right? week after week, it's the youngest squad arguably in the league, I think, isn't it? If you look back over the season and you go back to that Manchester United team, the young, you know, the Fergie Fledge and his class of I2, whatever you want to call it. And their captain was Eric Cantona. And that was that, you know, this, this guy who sets the standard on the training pitch. He doesn't do, you know, he wasn't the shouting, screaming kind of captain. And I wonder if that's kind of what Arteta was hoping to get from Aubameyang. But there's there's a lot of baggage there, isn't there, with Aubameyang? There's the history of what happened with Spurs. There's, whether rightly or wrongly, the, the questions over what he gets up to off the pitch and things like that. James, in that regard, does Aubameyang have a future at Arsenal? And if he doesn't, how hard will it be for the club to shift a, a 32-year-old man earning 300 grand a week? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I did think this is why the performance last night was so significant because it does. It, it, there were obviously parallels with March in that um, he dropped him on the day of the North London derby. They played really well and beat Tottenham. 
they then won two of their next nine games in all competitions. And, and that meant that the decision sort of lingered and there was more of a question about, well, is this really the right thing? Are the team better off without him? Is Arteta right? It kind of just created a, a, a more negative narrative around the team and particularly whether Aubameyang was still the central part of it or not. Last night was such a positive step for Arteta in, in the sense of this was a team that, you know, remember the players voted for, for Aubameyang to be captain. So they could easily have chucked in a bad performance last night. So, you know, and that would have been interpreted as signs of division. Are they behind him? Is the camp split? All this sort of stuff. And what we got was the complete opposite. And I think that really puts the ball in Aubameyang's court now because it's a kind of, you know, as you sort of said, you know, the train's leaving the station. Do you want to be on it or not? And, um, you know, if the players continue to put in that level of intensity, that level of um, really commitment to the, to, to the Arteta blueprint, then the decision's on Aubameyang, really. Does it, you know, because if he wants to try and force his way out of the club, then I think that would probably be, you know, the, the sort of final sign that Arteta needs to say, I already am questioning this guy's commitment. If he wants to leave, then let him go, right? So, um, yeah, look, I mean, it'd be, it'd be difficult to, to, to get to top dollar for him because obviously the, the fallout has been very public and, and clubs are going to be aware of that. But he's still, you know, I thought it was quite sort of interesting that Thomas Tuchel actually decided to talk about him in his press conference, in his Chelsea press conference, sort of saying, because obviously they've got a really good relationship from Dortmund. And he was sort of saying, you know, I'll reach out and I'll speak to him and this sort of thing. And I think that just shows you that whatever the issues with the Bamiyang at Arsenal, he is still held in high regard. And there is, you know, generally when you've got a goal scorer in form, his record overall is still pretty good. Um, I, I'm, I was looking at it this morning, actually, for a piece I'm putting together. And I mean, he's since he signed his contract. So before he signed his contract, he scored 72 in 111. After his contract, he scored 20 in 52. So the rate clearly drops quite a bit, but still it's not too bad. And, um, you know, you'd think he's got a, a, a year or two at the very least at the top level. So I, I would think he would have his suitors. A cut price deal would obviously suit certain clubs in in the pandemic anyway. And, you know, Arsenal may want to just get that wage off the book. So I think there's there's enough sort of wiggle room all around for, for a deal potentially to be done. But as I say, I, I think it's on Aubameyang now. You know, he has to respond to this. The, the, the sort of questions over his character have rarely been made more public, than, you know, in any circumstance I could think of than this one. That is literally your commitment, your professionalism, your passion for the club... Is being, has been called into question. Get on the train or, you know, change route. If there is, and there must be a breakdown, obviously, in the, in the relationship with Arteta, especially now he's willing to openly, as you say, have, have a pop at Aubameyang and, and question those things. I wonder if even a, a January loan move could, could be on the cards just, just to get the... The wages off the book, get a Bamiang out of the club. You don't want if he's. I'm not saying he's going to be, but you don't want a rotten apple knocking around, especially someone who clearly has. Well, the, the the problem is that he he, for a long time, he's had uh, issues in terms of turning up for meetings and 
they've turned a blind eye to it. I, I, I know for a fact that there have been multiple problems with him in terms of just 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 little structural things where you know trying to get people to turn up. Obviously, there was the the, the, the public one. Uh, or the one that was made public rather in March, this clearly this this latest breach. My understanding is there have been several others, and they sort of turned a blind eye, a blind eye to it initially because he was scoring most weeks and he was he was delivering performances. And the other thing is that he tends to do it with a smile. You know, he's he's gregarious. There's, there's a, again, there's a reason why they voted him captain. They like him. He's a he's a funny guy. He's very popular. And he's he, he's one of those who. You know, it'll it, it'll be a bit cheeky, but he'll pull it off with a smile, and they'll kind of oh, it's a Bamiyang, it's all right, you know. But the minute he's not producing those performances, that quickly, I imagine, becomes quite irritating. And I think, and I think that's that's you know, sort of the root of this is that well, if your performances are starting to drop off, but you're still kind of cutting corners and you're still not um, adhering to the standards that we're trying to you know, impress upon a club that has, has allowed them to slide for years. This is why it's such an important thing to Arteta. Um, I, you know, he might not want him around anymore. His, his reaction over the next few days is going to be absolutely vital. Absolutely vital. I mean, with Aubameyang and everything we've, we've had going on, we th- it suggests almost that Arsenal hold all the cards. But when you're too out-and-out strikers, you've got, I'm not including Martelli in that, when you're two out-and-out strikers available to you, if you're dropping a Bamiang or Lacazette and Nketiah, both, you know, they're, they're not exactly scoring goals for fun. They're both out of contracts in the summer. Does a Bamiang at least have, you know, maybe an ace in the pack in that regard, do you think? You you need me at least at some point. Yeah, con- contractually, I think he is, um, you know, he's, he's, he does hold a lot of power at that, at that club, you know. It's, I, I do always find it odd in football that you have situations where, you know, manager and players are loggerheads and, you know, Arteta and Aubameyang's contracts run to the same point. Aubameyang earns significantly more money than, than Mick and Arteta and, you know, has a lot of sway at that club. Um, and Arsenal now could be in the situation whereby if Aubameyang goes, Lacazette goes, Nketiah goes, you've suddenly lost three strikers. Balogun is your only out-and-out striker at the club and suddenly in the summer you're going into a marketplace having probably not got much money for your three strikers, needing to bring in at least two. Um, which is why I, I don't think don't think the door is completely closed to Aubameyang because of that situation. Um, I think the, of the where Arsenal are and the fact that they you know, probably aren't going to be able to get a striker in January. Aubameyang could be say, look, you know, stay here for six months, try and find your feet back. You can get your move in the summer. I, I, I'm... The one thing I was, um, I thought could have been good and it might still go ahead was, was the African Cup of Nations. I did think that that opportunity for Aubameyang and Arsenal just to have a sort of three-week period where he's out of the camp, you know, he's playing somewhere else. Uh, he can get, you know, a bit of space from it. It's the same as in any relationship where it's been a sort of traumatic end. You could, you could do with some time apart. And I wonder whether that might actually be a good thing that Aubameyang goes away for a bit to AFCON comes back and maybe after that, you know, they can sort of make peace for at least six months until the end of the season. But I think James is right. I, I think the next few weeks are going to be telling and, you know, Arteta has refused, refused to spoke about it again after the, after the win last night, understand that it was a good win, but his press conference ahead of Leeds will be the same. It'll all be about Aubameyang.
chat will end today with I've got two questions, one or maybe two or three word answers for, from both of you on each of them. I'll come to you first on this one, Simon. Do you keep Pierre Emerick Aubameyang at the club beyond the summer? Um, no, in my opinion, James. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at short answers. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll say no, but obviously the Lacazette losing him and Lacazette in one summer would be a huge, a huge undertaking. But I, yeah, I would, I'll say no. And finally, your next Arsenal captain. If it was, if you were Mikel Arteta at the moment. You'd not, you've had enough of a leadership group. You're going to give one man the armband for the foreseeable future. James, come to you first on this one. Well, it, it, yeah, for me, it's Kieran Tierney. I, th- I just think he's got, I think he's got everything. I think he embodies the, you know, the the, the, the Arsenal that Arteta's trying to build. Um, I get the, I get the argument about injuries, but you know, club, club captain, I think, uh, is is a is a good fit for him. And Simon, I think I'd pick Tierney. Um, myself, but I, I think Arteta might pick Odegaard if he was picking one. Right. Well, we shall see all of these things unfold, no doubt. Um, thanks to James and Simon. As things stand, Arsenal play again this weekend, but Omicron pending, obviously. Uh, if not, join us back on Monday where we look back on that game and have a quick look ahead to the Carabao Cup tie against Sunderland. Thank you for joining me today, chaps. Mm-hmm.